Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Today's ILEA Forum conversation powered by our friends at Giants Enterprises. As you can see on probably the right-hand side of your screen, the Event Brew, Brew Crew podcast teammates are on the line with us to kick off a conversation in just a couple of minutes. Uh, my name is Lisa Marks. I'm one of your ILEA International Board of Governors. Um, it's my pleasure and my honor to be uh, once again part of another webinar here with all of you. I will say that after six months, six and a half months, I think, since our world sort of turned upside down as we know it. Um, and we put together on behalf of ILEA, COVID-19 hour by hour sort of crisis strategy team consisting of myself, um, everybody's good friend, Dustin Westling, as well as Kareen Kessel, who I think is on the line. Um, today will be my last podcast, or what am I? I'm not hosting a podcast, I'm on video staring at myself. Today is my last webinar um, after six months of putting some content together with my team uh, for all of you. I'm so delighted to have on the line Gwen McNutt, who is Regional External Affairs Manager at Comcast and also the head of the ILEA uh, professional development team, whose team is going to uh, continue down the runway with ILEA webinars and bring you all that awesome virtual content that you are used to. Gwen, give everyone a wave. I wanted to give you a chance here to say hello and maybe just Give us a little teaser about what to expect in October. Uh, hi, uh, thank you, Lisa. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining today. Um, you know, the professional development team is really excited about taking over these webinars. Um, we have some really great plans coming up. Uh, we're also going to be working in conjunction with the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Task Force um, to bring some, some really um, interesting and powerful um, webinars leading into the future. Starting with October, um, October is Global Diversity Month, and uh, we'll be launching a, a series of things in October, but uh, we'll also be having a, our first webinar in conjunction with um, the DEI Task Force, and that is going to be held on October 14th, and uh, the name of that webinar will be Leaning into Diversity, Practical Steps to Making Change. And so there'll be some really great information coming out in the next week or two, um, just talking about uh, the members of the panel that will be involved and uh, some of the other great things that we have coming up. So um, look forward to working with everybody and um, bringing some great, great content uh, into the future. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Gwen. It's uh, really looking forward to joining as an attendee. Um, and looking forward to all you're doing. Thank you so much for everything you've done already uh, for ILEA since last year and, and up until now and looking forward to the future. Huge thanks to Corrine and Dustin, the camaraderie. I think we all, we had some fun doing this. It certainly gave us each a sense of purpose back in March when we were in our homes and not able to go wherever we usually go. So it's been a lot of fun collaborating with you guys and here's to the future. Uh, I wanna say a huge thank you and hello to all of our ILEA members on the line. Honestly, you guys, without you taking part in ILEA and choosing your choosing to sort of own your path in this industry by taking out an ILEA membership, we really can't put on virtual content like this. So it's a it's all because of you. We get to be here today. So huge thank you to you. Um, if you aren't an ILEA member yet, that's okay. We welcome you here as always. I encourage you to hop on ileahub.com and find your Find the chapter closest to you, reach out to the president and the team there and uh, find out what's going on in your region. There's always content happening, whether it's in person, slowly but surely, um, or virtual online. There's a community there for you anytime. Um, as always, I want to say a huge thank you to our friends and partners at Giants Enterprises. We also cannot produce content like this without our partners. So um, really, really big thanks to them. Uh, 
here's a little snippet about Giants. Giants Enterprises is dedicated to the curation and development of new ventures complementary to the San Francisco Giants franchise by delivering larger than life experiences to millions at Oracle Park and beyond. I think I've said this five or 10 times since COVID. Hopefully soon, they are bringing millions back to Oracle Park and beyond in person. Giants Enterprises creates memorable events, abundant with excitement and engagement, both virtually and in person for their varied partners, as well as local and international visitors. Again, hopefully very soon. Positioned at the intersection of sports, entertainment, meetings, events, tourism, and hospitality, Giants Enterprises provides a rare combination of people, experiences, and platforms necessary to create giant impressions. Thank you so much again to our friends of the Giants. Uh, our entire membership is super grateful for all that you've done for us, uh, enabling today's conversation and more. So let's talk a little bit about Zoom logistics and then we're gonna get the conversation underway and I'm gonna go off video and hang out and, and laugh at the brew crew as they, they chat us through this conversation. So you are probably well accustomed to the chat box. Keep engaging in there, drop your thoughts, feel free to converse amongst yourselves. That is a great place for thought sharing and comments. In the question and answer, uh, click the question and answer button along the bottom of your Zoom uh, platform. That will open up a secondary window. That is where you type in questions that you truly want the Event Brew team to answer. They're gonna look there first for questions from the audience. So I encourage you to drop your clear and concise questions uh, for the Event Brew con uh, conversation in there. As Will mentioned uh, off the top of the show, please ensure you in the chat have clicked all panelists and all attendees so that everyone on the line can see whatever you're dropping in there. Um, promote questions in the Q&A box to bump them up to the top so you don't have to ask the same question twice. We'll get the picture, just hit like. This meeting is being recorded. Um, so as always, you'll see the recording on iliahub.com in a day or two. And then final note is in your Zoom platform, you should see a button that says either speaker view or gallery view. When we start the conversation in just a couple minutes, I encourage you to click it and ensure that it's on gallery view so that you can see the uh, the brew crew conversing all sort of in one interface, nice and easy as versus speaker view. I think that's all that I've got for you guys today. So I'm gonna step aside, but before I do, I'm gonna introduce um, the amazing team at the Event Brew podcast known as the Brew Crew. We've all been friends for a long time in the industry, but it's such an awesome experience today to ha have you guys on our uh, webinar series. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Of course, as always, powered by our friends at Giants Enterprises. So today is going to be a witty, humorous, uh, daring, bold, honest, uh, challenging potentially, um, but certainly insightful and I know very smart conversation. Um, so it's my pleasure to introduce to you my friends and uh, the amazing crew at uh, The Brew Crew. So Event Brew is a podcast. You can find it anywhere that you find your other podcasts. It is controversial. I understand that sometimes there's emails that come into their inbox following a podcast with varied opinions about certain things they talked about, and that's okay, and I think that's actually encouraged. It is real talk about the industry and related topics, um, and it's refreshingly honest and refreshingly witty in my opinion. So, uh, Alexandra, we can just kill this slide and I'm gonna introduce the crew and we're gonna get this going. So, Nick Borelli in the purple shirt with the animated background. Uh, Nick Borelli uh, owns and operates uh, Borelli Strategies. He's a consultant, author, speaker, uh, specializing in marketing for live events and event companies. And he's the one who is very curious about your favorite Pokemon. Hi, Nick. How's it going? <laughs> it's going really well. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm just trying to um, catch some while I'm talking. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> it's very on brand. I like it. Very consistent. Uh, Tui Deep is uh, CGSP, DMCP, CSEP, has a ton of acronyms after her name, is coming in hot today, as, uh, is also the ILEA Los Angeles president, um, and like many event professionals, is a free agent AKA very unemployed due to COVID-19, up for hire, super quality, um, and has asked me to say that unlike the other three event brew co-hosts who own their own business, she's sipping her tea while she's watching y'all run your businesses and she is ready for hire. So Tui, thank you so much for being here. It's awesome being here. Thank you guys. 
Will Kieran, everybody's favorite buddy in either bright orange or bright green t-shirts walking around conferences. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be here. And yeah, the orange, uh, orange to match the orange uh, logo for Event Brew. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Again, consistent and on brand. So Will is the chief event Einstein at Endless Events and started this whole Event Brew podcast situation. I remember being in in whatever city we were in, Minneapolis, I think, for a global event forum, and you tapped us on the shoulder and said, and I think I heard you say, we need someone as opinionated and who stands out as much as you do, and Dustin, I think, was sold on that. So um, thank you so much for being here. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Stoked to be here. Uh, and last but certainly not least, Dustin Wessling. Uh, Dustin is managing partner at One West Event Design and Logistics in Canada, as well as ILEA International Secretary Treasurer on the Executive Committee and my bestie. Dustin, it's always a fun experience for us to not just solely be hosting webinars together, but now you're speaking and contributing to the conversation as you always do. So it's great to see you here as well. Awesome. Thanks for all you do, Lisa. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So I'm going to go off video and Honestly, pass it over to you guys. Please don't burn down the ship, and I will see you at the end of the show. <laughs> awesome. Um, thanks, Lisa. I appreciate the intro. We are going to record this for our podcast, so we're going to do a really quick introduction. It's um, you might you might be hearing the same names twice, but know that we are recording, and uh, I hope you guys have a good time. Remember. We are all individuals with our own opinions and uh, nothing we say reflects upon ILEA or its leadership. <laughs> Here we go. Everybody behave yourself, please. I'm starting to get nervous now. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to Event Brew, my friends. We have a very special episode today that we're really excited for. Um, I don't know how to, are we live? Is that a fair statement? What would yeah, you call live. this? Yeah, yeah, we'd say live. Yeah. 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 Pulse. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Great. Well, put your mask back on. Yeah. Um, we're live for the first time. We have the absolute pleasure and honor of being on the ILEA webinar platform today. And we've got uh, quite a few ILEA members or fans of ILEA that are joining us and listening in and blowing up the chat box. And we're going to have a great conversation about what the last six and a half months have looked like in this new crazy world we're in. Um, but before we get started, um, first, I'm just going to introduce my friends really quickly here. Uh, Nick Borelli, say hi. Hey. Will Kern, say hi. Yo. Tui Deep, say hi. Something that's not high. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keep it going. So that, so instead of saying something that's not high, you just said something that's not high. Okay, Tui. So technically you said hi. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Dustin Wessling. Quickly around, what's everybody drinking today? Nick, what is your brew for today? Oh, man. Prepare I, ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I just finished a Mountain Dew Zero because uh, oh, they're Nick. just the best. But these, uh, man, these sparkling ice uh, caffeinated uh, flavored waters, so good. So oh. good. What's the what's your favorite ingredient? Caffeinated water. Yeah, I mean, why? Uh, water is water is great, but like, I think that we've, I think that you know, science just, you know, it's there. We can use it. Uh, there, I think I like the malic acid in it. Uh, I'm looking oh, at the. I love malic acid. So good. It's one of my favorite flavor. An ester gum, which is probably in my top five gums, uh, for sure. <laughs> Next to five. Oh, Nick, your your poor body. Oh, Lord. Will, what kind of matcha witchcraft are you drinking today? I'm drinking some uh, classic David Rio chai, as I'm always usually drinking at this hour. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very delicious and uh, perfectly steeped to perfection. Great. Sounds boring. Tui, what are you drinking? <laughs> so for all those who don't normally listen to our podcast and now will be, Nick usually drinks like the toxic whatever, and I have all the organic stuff. So I am drinking organic honeydew Lava. that oh. i freshly squeezed <laughs> damn it Word. it's the, still the honeydew is still around isn't it <laughs> it is it's i mean season. i have like when i drink monster energy drinks i end up squeezing like uncontrollably a lot so it's it's very similar i may as well put like a grapefruit in there i suppose that is not healthy nick that's not good when your body starts squeezing things for no reason you probably should fine. switch to water there's a reason fine but fine. yeah <sighs> Well, I am drinking grapefruit bubbly this morning. Um, we usually record in the evening, so we can actually have a brew. Um, so this is a bit uh, a bit off for us. 
Is there a time where you can't? Tui and I are drinking brews. She's fruit brew, and I'm drinking tea brew. Well, I'm sure this has had to be brewed in some form at some point. (laughs) Yeah, mine was cooked up in a lab. But I I will say that, like, I I can't imagine that there's an hour of the day where you can't drink in 2020. Like, do this is is true. Do what you got to do. It's 2020. Maybe I'll crack a beer at the halfway point then. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, my treat is about to kick in. It's going to kick in in half an hour. Ah, there we are. (laughs) (laughs) Tui, by the way, uh, Rachel Siren, is that how you say your name? Siren says, uh, honeydew is the money melon. Hmm. That's a classic Simpsons quote. Money melon on that. Honeydew is the money melon. Siren. Ah, even better last name. I love it. So since we're on on Ilea's platform and we cannot... We we can edit this post, but everybody that's listening has to uh, has to hear us do this all in one go. So why don't we just really quickly talk about Ilea? Really quickly, let's talk about what experience you have with Ilea. Um, maybe how you found it. Maybe why you love it. Um, if you're no, if you don't love it, I'd prefer if you don't say anything at all. Um, <laughs> and we'll go in the same order. Uh, Nick, talk about Ilea. Yeah, I. Uh... I at one point was a volunteer of the year uh, because I had six different roles simultaneously. So I, I would, I would encourage all of you not to do that. Uh, find one and, and uh, you know, do it well, as opposed to being stretched to your limit. Uh, but uh, that said, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been a chapter uh, president, a uh, number of chapter roles. I've been international chair of communications and all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, I think the most important thing that I've been is uh, the recipient of a lot of really great friendships uh, all Mm -hmm. over the world because of Ailea. I mean, I hung out with a good friend of mine uh, last year in uh, while we were hanging out together in uh, Estonia. uh, And we were with two or three other people that we know from Ailea in Estonia, right? So like, that's the kind of like really um, uh, things that you can't really put on a resume or you look at check a box as far as why associations uh, can be great uh, if you put the time in and you put the work in yourself uh, and put yourself out there. Um, the the uh, things that you can get out of it are, are more than just the, uh, the traditional things that you would find as far as ROI. It's friendships that can, you know, be global like we have today. That's so awesome. And now already Will is accusing me of softball questions in the chat. So <laughs> your response, like, <laughs> your response better be amazing or I'm going to take it out on you for the rest of this. Yeah. So like when I first, my first ISIS meeting as it was, uh, was actually, I came and I was still in college at the time and I was by far the youngest person and I went to it and I felt like a complete outsider. I'm not going to lie. Like felt like that guy, like when you go to your first networking event and I was like, I don't know any of these people. And like, honestly, I hated it. Like I never, I never went back because I was just like, there's no way. Like I'm literally like, I felt like it was so clicky and everything like that. Like all the stereotypical stuff we try not to do in associations. Like it was that. Um, and it w- took a c- many years later that after doing like a bunch of content, they, someone that I knew in the event that I really trusted said, Hey, um, do you want to come and be the VP of communications? You just know how to do this communication stuff really well. And I was like, well, if you're in an association, like all the, all the, the powers in the board, like if you're on the board, that's where you like, you get the most value from an association. So I was like, sure, I'll do it. And lo and behold, I didn't realize like the chapter had like four members and I was one of them. And like, we were really struggling to get people in the door, mainly because we had no idea like what we were and we were trying to be like everybody else. Right. Um, and so that, that year we actually, uh, I'm sure as many people have at some point in leadership, we had to like, had the hard conversation of like, should we shut down this chapter? Uh, and actually speaking of, uh, Giants Enterprises, Sarah Grauf actually came into town and there's this big meeting with all the like ILEA people. And it's like our board of four people being like, yeah, we're going to shut this down. And they're like, no, you're not. And then at the end of the meeting, they go, okay, so will, um, you know, like, do you want to lead this and do this whole thing? And I was just like. I've never been a president of a chapter of his. So I just joined this like seven months ago and uh, I became the chapter president of Arizona and um, eventually got way more in depth with everything, got way more involved and, you know, started building some deeper relationships, met all you guys, obviously. Um, and that's how I like ended up actually completely changing around my whole opinion of like what these meetings were instead of it feeling like clicky and everything like that. I learned that like, Hey, it's about like building the deeper relationships. And like, if you felt like you were, you're a clicky, it means you should probably go up to that click and introduce yourself. 
Wow, must be nice, Will, just to like speedway through that. I had to serve as VP of programs and education <laughs> at two different destinations, Las Vegas and Los Angeles, before I became president here in Los Angeles. So I started in 2012 as a student member. And the ILEA experience I had was so welcoming and warm because I was a student. I couldn't give these you know, business owners, supplier partners, any sort of lead, any sort of money, yet they still welcomed me and they still, they wanted me to be a part of their conversation. And it felt like that we're family. And then we're all just really crazy to begin with. Like, right. I feel like I have all the people, this is why I feel like we started Event Brew because it's the conversations that you have after a conference in the lobby bar, the true, genuine, authentic connections. So that's my little two cents. What about you, Dustin? Uh, yeah, I've been, Ilea has been around my life since I think 2008, which doesn't seem that long ago until you actually think about it. That's 12 years ago. So I have done the local board thing. I chaired the uh, Canadian affiliate and now I'm on the board of governors. And like most of you have said, this Ilea has been such a huge relationship builder and I I truly have friends around the world that I gained through um, my contributions to ILEA and um, and yeah it's uh, it, it, it has been a really powerful and incredible thing um, so that was good that's how we all got Dustin. to ILEA was that too softball for you that was too Jackass? softball but I want to make you feel really old <laughs> uh, Dustin I graduated high school in 2008 you're welcome me too, me too. You, you, oh, hey, you, oh, hey. <laughs> you sure don't look like it. Point oh, eight. oh. Not you too. I would never talk to you that way. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get married so I can go to Canada one day. Me too. It's true. Any, I'm, I'm taking proposals. Anybody wants to come be a Canadian, I will Join take multiple. The polygamy of Dustin. Yeah, if, you've heard, if you've listened to us before, you'll know this is an ongoing thing. Okay, let's, let's, let's start chatting. Let's start chatting about what's going on in the last six months. So before we got into this, I did a little tour through all of our episodes since the, the lockdown started. And I was actually surprised that we were talking about coronavirus in February, which, which uh, seems quite, uh, quite ahead of its time considering uh, we didn't get the lockdown until March. So I think it was like We should have by- told people. I, we probably should have. It was posted before. You guys, if you were following our podcast, you would have known this damn thing was coming. So um, one of the episodes that stood out to me was on February 27th. We were talking about designing events with empathy. And we were obviously talking about live events. And I think the whole conversation was really based around what designing with empathy when it comes to live events. And um, it stood out for me because I think that is that is such a huge conversation right now is how do you design with empathy in this new virtual world? Sorry, I shouldn't call it a new virtual world because Will will just roll his eyes at me. Um, in, this, in, this, in this world we found ourselves in where most of what we're doing is virtual. So my question for the team is, um, what are you seeing that's working? What are you seeing out there that is that you can tell that somebody is putting some empathy towards the decisions they're making or where do we still have some room to improve? I'll go. So empathy is important now more than ever. And I feel like this pandemic pause has given us an opportunity to just be authentic and be us, right? I think this is like the third time I probably put on makeup since March and I did it for Lisa, right? Oh yeah. You guys know, cause you guys see me like, Oh wow. At least she, <laughs> did she even brush her hair? <laughs> she going for the dread look, <laughs> but you know, it's like, we're able just to be us and we're able to be compassionate when the baby's crying in the background, when the dogs are barking, when, you know, we have deliveries coming in and out working remote and all of that. So for me, a, a great example, designing empathy in the, within events, especially virtual, is uh, I have a 2020 vision group and we did a presentation party and I encourage everyone to do this. It's hilarious. Everyone comes into a Zoom, Google Meets, whatever platform, and they do a presentation for up to five minutes on anything they want. It could be informative. It can be funny. It can be just like ridiculous, random. It is so... I, I probably was laughing and crying like for a good two hours that evening. 
So that's my thing. Anyone else designing with empathy? I love that. Nick, tell me about empathy. Tell me where we're at. What's, I think you're going to tell me what we need to improve on, which is okay. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. As a consultant, I'm generally not a person who says like, everything's great because then I don't get paid. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think that uh, a lot of the things that we've been saying in the events industry, uh, it turns out we've only been saying them and we haven't actually been living them. And I think that the reason for a lot of that is, and it, there's a lot of cliches out there that actually haven't really taken root and, and need to now is because things were good. We were in the ascent, you know, th- we were in the salad days. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's funny because like no innovation generally really happens uh, in a good times. Uh, and we were, we were thinking we were in, um, you know, a time where, um, I see, yeah, exactly. I said salad, I won't eat it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> we, we were thinking that, you know, we were innovating and that we were doing, you know, we were, uh, going to the, the peaks uh, of where we could do, but the reality was, is that we didn't have enough opposition to what we do in order to truly test us. We were just taking advantage of, uh, trends in technology specifically um, that were uh, existing in all other industries that we were probably lagging in, honestly, but it was still better than it's ever been to show ROI for what we do. And, uh, and that made it feel like we were, you know, we were on the top of the world. And the reality is, is that we, we only kind of like dipped our toes into the water of things that we really need now, skills we really need now, like uh, designing with empathy and, and uh, using design thinking as the apparatus for uh, events. Um, and then, uh, the other half, half of it is, um, we, we, we've said, uh, that we were storytellers, but we really weren't telling stories. We, we were doing, and I think this is the biggest disconnect of 2020, uh, between event professionals, uh, skill sets and where they come from and, and how they're built and why they're not excelling right now, in my opinion, on average, is that I think majority of event people are hospitality people, first and foremost. I think that the industry came out of hospitality. Uh, and the stress of the last 15 years has been on the word experiential uh, as, as the kind of, you know, what we do and let's make everything more experiential. And experiential, I believe, is uh, a, a word that describes uh, event, uh, experiences that have uh, some root in hospitality where I don't believe virtual events do at all. I think that they're devoid for the most part of hospitality. And I think that they have a diminished number of senses that are actually engaged. Therefore, I don't believe that they are uh, inherently experiential. Uh, And I think that they're different enough uh, from where people start. Uh, The thing that they actually love about events, um, face-to-face events that uh, the disconnect that I'm seeing and the, the potential that I'm not seeing met by um, the uh, by actual event professionals in the virtual world is because of that. So I don't believe we have virtual event professionals who are on average um, the people who are going to be the innovators uh, in the virtual space. I think it's going to come from outside of the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that the people who have uh, have a calling to um, work in face to face are going to be the people who figure it out for virtual. I think that some may, uh, but they're not going to be the innovators. Uh, I believe it's going to come from outside of the uh, events industry or from a very select few who are willing to throw out pretty much everything that they've learned and where they come from and build themselves up from uh, the ground up, including uh, concepts like uh, design thinking, which is a really, really stripped down way to approach problems uh, that it starts with empathetic design um, and is more about telling stories that change behaviors than it is about making people feel comfortable or engaging their senses. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll go so far as to say, I don't think that the people, uh, the majority of the industry has what it takes to be, uh, the, the people who take us across the mountain. I think that we have a bunch of, uh, you know, we don't, everyone's going to be kind of go biblical. They're going to be Moses. They're going to get to the edge, but they're not going to go to the promised land. Oh, well, shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, <clears throat> what do you think? I think I think Heidi has a good point too. She says, I feel like we are now TV producers. Yeah. Um, yes. As well, which is very true. Cause like it's crazy how much video content like even we've had to like produce like very, very rapidly. It's a total shift in how everything's done, right? Like, oh, everything's pre-recorded, all these things like that. Um yeah, I definitely think that uh, I actually like a lot of what you guys are saying. Um, I think one of the things when it comes to the empathy side of things as well is that like 
I think that people also are more empathetic to also mistakes and challenging different new ideas and trying crazy things like this time, like very proved that like there were so many people that didn't know how to use computers a hundred percent. Right. Or didn't know how to, you know, uh, work remotely and like, and let alone, uh, start to produce a whole virtual event and people are, um, really forgiving in terms of like, um, you know, crazy things to be tried and people experimenting things like that. But that soon will come to an end after, you know, you know, right now we're going a couple months now, but a, you know, a year from March, people are going to be like, well, now we're expecting it to be all buttoned up and good to go mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. What are some things, Will, in your world? Cause you, I mean, your, your business is doing well with all of this. You've, <clears throat> you've seen growth, um, on this conversation about empathy. Is this something that you're, you know, empathetic design, is this something that you're talking to your team about? Is this something that, that clients are talking about yet, or are we still in this sort of rush to market mode, um, where everything is just happening so rapidly fast that, that maybe some of these strategies are not being given the time they need. Yeah. Rush to market mode for sure. Um, and definitely that a lot of people are trying to take the in-person um, box, uh, the in-person square circle peg. Is it right? The in-person circle peg Something and shove like the that. square virtual peg through it, right? Like they're trying to like to go to Nick's analogy always uses. People are always trying to do that, like take what they did in person and turn it virtual. Um, and it's ironic because we had a webinar called how to convert your in-person event to virtual, right? But like, I think the thing is that it also... Uh, people haven't had a chance because they're in such a rush mode. The people who are putting on these gigantic conferences, there's so much pressure to like hit the budgets, get the numbers in that they don't have time to like go and explore and see like, Hey, I've never done virtual reality before. Let me go try that out. Oh, Hey, I've never, you know, played a like massive multiplayer online game. I've never watched a Twitch streamer. Like all these things I think that you can gain inspiration from. No one seems to have time for them in any sort of way. Um, and that's totally understandable right now. But like, I think that, um, you know, yes, there's a lot of same old, same old, it feels like, and it's ironic because we're only a couple months into this, like we're executing events that people were starting to plan in the, you know, April, May, March area. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of work to go. I was, um, I was chatting with a colleague of mine last week, um, Pierre Merlot. Some of you will know him from our, uh, UV, UVC podcast. And we see the super, super talented lighting designer amongst other things here in Canada. So we're, we're doing a brainstorm. We're talking about um, some specific client events, client fundraisers, and we're talking about a solution for them because they can't have a live in person. And at one point he stopped me and he says, we're stop trying to take that event and fit it into the virtual model what we need to do is we need to take the virtual model and start to build a new event within that. And as soon as he said that to me, I thought, Jesus, I am trying to do that. I'm trying to take what always was and figure out how do we make all the things that we did in person work online. And it was the wrong approach. And as soon as I started to open my mind up to say, okay, this is the capabilities that are out there in the world. This is where we're at with technology. What can we create within that? Everything started to light up for me. So it was a a good, good learning lesson. Um, Yeah. So thanks team. Um, so another podcast we did, we're going to have to go way back to March 26th. Um, we were talking about stronger together, how event profs can support each other right now. And the first thing that popped into my head is how are we doing with that? Um, what, you know, what have we seen accomplished in the communities? How have we come together? Um, success stories, where do we need to work a little bit further? Um, I think, I think a couple things that, that stand out in, in my mind is, um, definitely some organization of people and their thoughts have come out of this. Um, now more than ever before, we're seeing event professionals come together to have their voice heard. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to know from, from each of you, or if you've got any input here, I know two of you participated in a, um, in a, Yes, I see you too. I get it. I get the joke. I get the joke. We recorded a (laughs) podcast last night. We were talking about how women feel like they don't get the same seat at the table when they're in a virtual environment. So that was Tui's way of cueing me to say that she wants to talk. So I'm going to shut up and let you talk. (laughs) What was the question? 
Yeah, see, this is the problem, <laughs> Chewy. <laughs> Oh, no, we were talking about, oh, coming stronger together. One yeah. thing I love is hearing everyone's stories, like outside, taking that ma- that professional mask off. I love learning about you guys, like each and every single one of you. I love seeing where we're putting our creativity and everyone is creative. Uh, I love eating dinner that I cooked versus hors d'oeuvres in a free open bar at our you know networking events. And I love seeing how people are take a shot pivoting and not just within their professional life, but within their personal and what they're using that time for, for people that are unemployed and are going rollerblading on the Venice, you know, boardwalk and making juices and bread. We don't have that in Cleveland. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Chewie, tell us about the, um, the empty table event um, that you guys did in LA and just, just your involvement and how it felt. Yeah. So it wasn't just empty tables and, you know, like it was just an empty event. It was the one voice event and they are happening all over. I believe there was a, is, is it recorded and on the website, the event live coalition taping? Yeah, once, yeah that's live. Go yeah, check yeah. that out. It's really informative. I know when we first recorded, we were all like, where did this come from? It was from a group of passionate event professionals that wanted to take action. And so that was a perk of not just being an ILEA member, but representing the leadership team. And they just reached out, asked for us to, to share their content. We said, of course. And with Los Angeles uh, Board of Gov- Directors, we're huge right now on diversity, inclusion, and community. And not just within the events world, but in our local community here in Los Angeles. So it was a wonderful, great way to get the press out because we don't really, we're a fairly new industry, right? Compared to all the others. And we don't really have that voice, right? Like from a federal level, from a government level, we don't have those lobbyists that will fight for us like the airlines do and, and such. And so, yeah, that was a really great, powerful event. And I almost teared up a little bit because I haven't, been to an event of that size even though the only people there was press and speakers it was wonderful to to be able to feel that with with everyone else that's awesome i'm seeing in the the chat some people are mentioning other empty events and different Say their um, names give them shout outs different coalitions mary ellen miller i'm talking about you um and we're always looking for what is going on out there so feel free to throw it into the chat and we'll we'll capture it for future conversations um nick how do you think wait 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 i want to bring up a controversial opinion you brought this up at the last episode um that you said you were starting to wonder whether it's is it we're all in this together or this is just all happening to us at the same time so did you think that was yours to steal like you just, oh, you were just, like, you're, you're gonna, gonna come back around. It? Oh, sorry. I just wanted to bring you up. up. I thought it was so, it was so wise. Like, it I is thought so it was wise. so wise. He's setting yeah. you up, Dustin. Take I just want, mind. like, I want to actually have a, a, a thought provoking, hard conversation, Dustin, over here. We're going to get there. Jesus. Okay. Um, well, now that you've said it, so I'm going to actually ask Nick that question. So, Nick, because he wasn't there, are we all in it together or are we all just in it at the same time? Uh, we're all in it at the same time. 100 percent yeah um it it's uh it didn't it it, to be fair um other industries are all uh, it's it's uh, have experienced it too where they uh it doesn't matter about the the youth of the industry as much as i believe um the unprecedented scope uh and scale of this um and that it is hitting um everything globally at the same time so like i think there's other industries that are also in as much, uh, nearly as much pain, let's say, I don't think that we really need to like rank who is in the most pain or, you know, I, I don't think that's really that valuable, but um, that's a thing, right? So uh, I don't think it's just something that uh, the events industry is facing and therefore I don't, I don't think it's something that is, uh, you can just say, you know, is that, and, and I don't think that the event industry really um, is together. I don't think it was together before. Uh, I don't think it's together now. I don't think it'll be together after this. Um, I think that the, the events industry is, and, and this has been talked about a lot in the, in the halls of uh, ILEA for, for a long time, is that the event industry is, is kind of not really an industry. 
it's um, it's 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 like almost bigger than that. Um, it is uh, a number of different industries that come together to produce live events, um, and because of that, it, coupled with the fact that the that that there is a huge percentage of uh, the industry that is small businesses. Um, they don't have the ability to, um, you know, like, like to be mentioned, like the airlines, how many airlines are there? You know, a dozen that are valuable. Um, we have, you know, uh, event businesses that are, that are single ops that are insanely uh, high in volume, right? Like, you know, like literally how many, how many single op DJs are there that, that perform a significant amount of events in the industry, you know, a huge amount. And to get all of those people who, who have decided that they want to do a passion uh, job um, and not also listen to someone else telling them what to do to all get those types of people together under, you know, a umbrella. And then when you consider that live events are, you know, we've talked about this in the podcast, uh, are they, you know, sports, are they uh, plays, are they um, trade shows, exhibitions, weddings, right? Like all these different things that constitute all of these different experiences, the idea of everyone being on the same page and everyone being tiny, tiny businesses um, it, it is just, it's very unlikely. So the, the, the large significant voice that can make things happen as was talked about in the, um, in the chat, um, it, it, we will never achieve that because that's not who we are. We're it's a, it's a huge collection of, uh, collaborative, uh, Mavericks frequently who, uh, come together and make magic and disappear and go off into their own, you know, the next gig, um, we're just not lawyers, doctors, and airlines who are huge mega corporations that, you know, control things because um, there's huge barriers to entry that uh, make it so things like this can't happen. So even the movie industry, I would say, is in, you know, is this is, ex they're experiencing at it at the same time. There's only a few different um what do you call it? Uh, producers of uh, movies in any significant volume. There's only a few different um, outlets for them, and yet they're they're completely lost and and you know hopeless as well. So I think it's even even the almost opposite uh, of scale and type of people and organizations uh, who are going through this are going through this very similarly to how we are, believe it or not. Uh, and don't have the ability to do that. Now, once this passes, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, diminishes or, or, or what have you, uh, will we have the opportunity to be more together? I think so. I think that we're never going to be like those other businesses that we, people are trying to use as examples totally. for all the things I said, but do we have the ability to be more? Yeah. And I've seen the local equivalent of this in the events industry many times. Like one of the uh, uh, anecdotes I can think of is uh, talking to people in New Orleans, uh, the event professionals there specifically who went through everything that they went through uh, in uh, with the, the flooding, um, the people that came out of it, they came out of it stronger, they, their associations and their networks uh, became uh, more closely knit and they were more on the same page than they were before that. I, I think that you know, there is an opportunity for things like that to happen, but it's still not going to be this mega mass scale thing that people are going to point to and say, that's when we became a big boy industry like everybody else. It's like, we're, we're, we're not where we're, and, and for all the good of it too, right? Like we mm -hmm. can, we can carve out our own path, do things the way we want to do it in a way that like, let's say like a specific, um, uh, let's say a, a dentist couldn't, you know, they can't reinvent how dentistry is done and, and that kind of thing. So we can do whatever we want to do, but the, uh, and we have the flexibility to, to, to carve out our own path. Um, the negative is, is that we'll never have that giant voice uh, that um, conglomerate uh, industries have. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think that like, that's not going to change post COVID. I think the only thing that could change is that we've all gone through some you know, some mm -hmm. bad times. Nick, I think you made a, I think you made a couple of really interesting points there. One of them being that these big industries that we like to compare ourselves to when it comes to um, advocacy and lobbying. And when we say, you know, the airlines got a bailout, where's our bailout? Or we say, you know, they get the action that they need when they need it. When you, when you think about it, there is a fraction of the number of businesses as there is in the event industry. The event industry represents tens of thousands of businesses and a lot of those are smaller businesses that are not that are not 
you know, investing in the same way into advocacy and, and awareness. Um, so I, I think that's really interesting. And, and I do think that this is a turning point for us as an industry. And I do think that it needed to be broken, completely shattered and put back together properly. And I think that, I think there is an opportunity here for us. I, I, I want to be optimistic that as we, as we recover from that, whatever that looks like and whenever that looks like, we are going to be wiser. We are going to know what we needed to get through this and why we didn't get it. Um, it's nobody's fault that we're going through this. It's no, and while I think, I think there's some, some government stuff that could be to blame, but that's, that's a different, different, different conversation for another time, but none of, none of us are at fault for this. And, and I think that, that there, there are important lessons that we've learned along the way. And I have to believe that some of these organizations that are popping up, you know, the, the live events coalition is, is such a great example of one that have made a commitment that they're not leaving after COVID. They're not going anywhere. They are going to make a commitment to stick around and see this industry through recovery and beyond. And I think that that people like that are what we need right now. And I think there, there can be, there can be a bright future for us. But maybe, maybe it's time for us to all hiding under the same industry category. Maybe it's time for us to split up a little bit and allow other industry categories to be, to be born out of this. We're all trying to be a part of the live experience or the event industry. And that, that, that might be what our problem is. That's why we can't get focused on a single issue. Um, yeah, well, what you got? Before I change topics, I uh, ask the audience: uh, Are we on this together, or are we all in this to, at the same time? And I said, vote number one and vote number or vote number two in the chat. Kareen says two. Corey says two. Rachel says both. Sherry says two. David says two. Amber says two. Danny says two. Robin says two. David says two. I can just do this literally for the next hour if you want. It's a lot of twos for sure. <laughs> I think it's really dog eat dog, uh, honestly, um, because I think that we went into survival mode uh, for a lot of people. Uh, I know, I mean, the amount of people that I know that have been in the industry for decades who are trying to find jobs right now, uh, who are, you know, pivoting and uh, out of the events industry, um, the amount of people who got 20 for 20, you know, or 30 for 30s or whatever awards that are no longer in the events industry. Like to me, I think that like, that's the real long-term uh, pain that we're going to experience is a brain drain of people who mm. were new to the industry, who are going to migrate away to an industry that, that won't have to worry about stopping like this. Mm -hmm. um, so like my big fears are, are that when it comes to like how we can support each other, I would say that we, we, once we get back to the way things are, I think we absolutely need to do whatever we can to attract people to the events industry in a way that I think that we've historically, and I've, I've done, jumped on this soapbox many times, historically almost told people to go away uh, in the way that we describe what we do, you know, like mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I think people saw that one, What's that one movie with a wedding planner or something like that? That's like in insanely old now. My daughter's this uh, something. It's Father like of the bride. Uh, maybe it's like the wedding planner. That's exactly it. Where people are oh, like, oh, it's not like good. Oh yeah. It's not fun. It's terrible. And you're like, well, okay. And I always thought like, man, it's then why do you do it? And, and all these other things. Uh, and then we would stress, we're in the top, hey, we're in the top five worst jobs to have, more yeah. stressful. Like we would just wear that on our sleeve. And I yeah. think that we can't do that coming out of this. I think that we need no. to find what we love about it. Uh, and I think that we need to be passionate uh, about the positives of it uh, in a way that is not just passionate about what we do, but passionate about attracting smart people. Because my biggest fear of the events industry is that we will have uh, booted all of the really smart people to uh, Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. real estate real estate has, has keller williams we're looking yeah. for sponsors yeah shout We've out to real estate who has sponsors. taken so many event professionals and employed them i had a i had a, a conversation with a big venue here in canada and um and i asked that question about are you concerned about the talent loss as you know so so many people have 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 gone and and he said to me, he says, it's, it's my biggest worry right now, more than anything else. It's like business will recover, but getting back that talent, the hundreds of years worth of talent that have just exited out the door and, and the realization that we're not just going to, we're not just going to flip a switch and be back to work. It's not, there's not going to be a day that comes where we're like, okay, 
you know, all 1.3 million of you come back to work, your jobs are here, it's going to be the slow, slow recovery that we're not going to be able to offer full-time jobs. We're going to be able to offer jobs to do a gig here and there until the business builds back up. And who the hell wants to come back and do that? And I think, I think that um, Nick or Debbie, well, I can't, Debbie's can't got a really said it. Debbie's got a really great, uh, Debbie uh, Myers has a really great uh, point. Uh, are we losing talent or thinning the herd? My, my guess is both. Yeah. Uh, I think we're thinning the herd of the people who plateaued uh, in their careers. I, I am worried about losing talent of the people who are new to the industry, who would have, you know, once they paid their dues, who would have had a lot to contribute. Uh, but they just weren't in a financial position and uh, to, you know, stick it through a couple years of not making money. Right. So like, I think that it, it, it is it, on the macro, you can say like, Oh geez, you know, like they didn't have what it takes to, you know, do it. And that's true. But on the micro, it's like saying a really smart person has a decision of what career to choose. Uh, and they were looking at, you know, uh, contributing to live events in the future and innovation of live events and, some other thing and they have student loans and they have this and they have, you know, to pay their mortgage. And the reality is, is they can't just quote unquote, stick it out for three years, especially three formidable years in, in the onset of their career. So for me, like I look at the long road of like, you know, a decade plus and I say, man, I, I'm, I literally can think of a few of those people where I know that they've moved on who have been in the, in the industry for about two or three years uh, who have won like awards for being like, you know, in their twenties and, and making these big contributions who are not in the events industry anymore. And that's anecdotal, but like, I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's more of them as, as debt and stuff piles up on, on, you know, uh, generation Y. Um, again, I think if you've been in the industry for a long period of time, it's very, it's, it's harder for that to really sink in or, or, you know, to be, you know, uh, to understand that like the, the see being seen as not toughing it out or thinning the herd or that kind of thing. I get that. Um, but I also look at it like, um, you know, like this is, it's, it's oftentimes just a job at the beginning and then mm. something happens and it becomes your passion. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I've been there. I don't know if you've been there, Dustin, where you yeah. got into it. It's just a job. And then you're like, yeah. man, you know what? I think I love this. And it's not a, you know, no one comes out of the, the womb, an event professional, like they, you know, especially most of us that have been in it for, you know, uh, over 10 or 15 years. Um, it's just a, it's a transient job where you come in at some level of it for hospitality. And all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I can, I kind of like the hours and I kind of like the flexibility and like, yeah, that's, you know, it's tough and whatever, but I like, and, and, and but the beginning of it, when you're loading trucks, no one's like, this is the dream. <laughs> this you know? is the dream. Well, for some people it is, but I guess, but I agree. And, and I do think that, that having strong association ties helps with that too. And I think a lot of our, our, you know, industry lifers and the most passionate people in our industry started because it was a job and found their community within it. Um, which is something that is, is at risk through all of this. It's something that, that we, you know, as we, have hit harder times we're putting we're putting all this pressure on these associations to have the answer for us when really the association has done a tremendous amount to bring us great talent in this industry and allow those people to find a home in this industry and has served us for so long um, that sometimes I think that criticism is a bit unfair and I sometimes I think it's so easy to forget about the last you know 30 years of great work and connections and and the, the camaraderie in the community um, into this one single focus that that is the challenge that we're facing today. Agreed and Dustin you just said it I think event professionals also get it right? They get the fact that success doesn't necessarily equal money. It success is, you know, having like, what? <laughs> what? I'm just crying. I remember money. Statement. I'm crying. <laughs> remember well, money, no. guys? <laughs> oh gosh, what is that? No, really quality of life, true, truly successful people is, you know, like you can go into work or we were able to go back in the work during, during the day or during the, the times and still going to work every single day and every single moment is different and you get to really create and cultivate those memories for others and you're doing it with a bunch of other colleagues that are, are also passionate and actually care right they they don't turn off at five o'clock there is no five o'clock and as long as you can set those healthy boundaries you're able to then find you know have those connections and and have more of that quality of life so imagine all of us being we always see like accountants right like so boring. So boring. The event industry is not for the weak. 
Um, but I think it does take a little bit of uh, time to ease you into it to find your sea legs. And uh, my biggest worry is, is people not having that, that bit of time because they don't have the luxury of, uh, you know, of doing that in, in this period of time. And uh, I, I don't know, like that to me is the worst thing coming out of COVID is the people who uh, can't afford to, um, you know, stick with us. At, at, and uh, because of that, um, we are not all getting the benefit of, um, of their intelligence and, and the rising tide is, it, you know, raises all ships, but not if there's no rain. Did that work? I, yeah, <laughs> sometimes I try no. to make metaphors yeah. up. <laughs> It sounded smart, Nick. I know. It sounded smart is definitely uh, the the thing that I go for. And then afterwards I go, that was dumb. That was my my tree and leaf and roots analogy. (laughs) The other tricking. Yeah. Like, is that good? It's either terrible or good. Um, Anyways, I I will say, and uh, really shortly, anecdotally, um, I I don't know another industry and and probably mostly uh, uh, fostered by my connections that I've made through ILEA that uh, has, uh, would probably check in on people as well as we, at least I've experienced where people will Mm -hmm. literally say that, uh, hey, just checking in, how's everything going, you know, like, uh, and I think that one of those uh, positives of, of an industry where the, you know, the negative is there's not one big, you know, unit giant voice that can, you know, call the powers that be, you know, yes, but it has a, a folksy kind of earth, earthy, real, genuine uh, ness to it that um, I think that is uh, the thing that's got me through a lot of this stuff is, is the connections and conversations of a couple hour long phone conversations I've had over the past few months with people just dropping a line to say, how's it going? And I think that is something that, you know, dentists, doctors, lawyers, airlines probably wouldn't have. Uh, so you have to take it, you know, like we, we are the human people, you know, I don't know what that means, but we're, we're the, we're the touchy feely uh, connected to people, people. And uh, because of that, I think that uh, we've probably, many of us have got each other through uh, this year in a way that um, other industries probably would be, you know, in a worse position for. Thanks, Nick. Um, I totally agree. Um, there's a question here from Cesar. Cesar, if you want to just drop me your email, I'll email you a link to a recording we did about this exact question because we have run ourselves out of time like we always do and I'm already getting nudged from Lisa reminding me of the time we so talk I thought, about our drinks or we talk about everything else but the topic I know so I thought I thought we minutes. would just just really quickly final thoughts um words of encouragement Nick you, I'll go you can go last so you can work on your words of encouragement um and I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll start with Will <laughs> um I mean like I think one of the biggest things is just like have fun like, remember, like, what got you in this industry? And, like, right now it's tough because a lot of us are doing things that we aren't comfortable with or unsure what to do or, you know, having to make really hard decisions. But always do it in the mode of realizing, like, what's going to, like, create happiness for you personally, too. Because, like, if you're not happy, like, it, no matter how hard you work or whatever it's going to be, it's just not going to create more happiness when it comes to it. Just So do what makes you happy and stay focused on that, too. Beautiful, Will. Tui, some words of encouragement. Damn, I was so in the moment with Will that I, I was like, Why don't do think about do what that? you're gonna... Because I want to be present. I want to really listen. You know we're Dustin? recording this, right? You can you can watch it later. <laughs> <laughs> no response, yes. I would say, I don't know, like the power of vulnerability. Share your story, everyone, because we do want to hear it and we're not alone, even though we're very isolated. Social connection is in our human DNA. And so when you share your story, when you're holding the pen to your own story, make sure you're the one writing it. And it's a new chapter, if anything. You like that, Nick? Yeah, you have to go after me too. That's it. And follow us, hashtag event brew slash all those things too. That's my plug. Nick, final thoughts? Uh, There's no rules. Any year where getting together with another human being was made illegal for good reasons. There's no rules. So embrace. There's no rules. Make up your own new title, your new job, your new collaborative partners, create something totally new. If you're doing the same thing you were doing the beginning of the year, 
that you're going to be doing at the beginning of year in 2021, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Embrace the chaos and, and create your own way because everyone else will be more ready than they've ever been before to uh, take on something that is not part of the establishment. Uh, and I think that people are welcoming new ideas because uh, those are the only ideas they're going to get us through. That was beautiful, Nick. I'm glad I gave you time to put that together. <laughs> that was great. That, no, that, that was great. And it's such a good message. And I echo all of that um, to everybody. Let's, let's take this opportunity to tear things up and do things differently and do sit down and do a real hard and honest skills assessment on yourself. We had a great webinar through ILEA that was talking about just that. Start thinking about what it is that you're great at and start lining that up with your passions. And, and we may come out of this doing something very different. We may come out of this doing something that we never thought we had a passion for before. And that's totally okay. And, um, and yeah, just, just, just keep pushing on and uh, continue to support our friends at ILEA because they're doing great work for you. And on that note, I am going to end this episode of Event Brew. If you have anything that you want to share with us, you can email us at eventbrew at helloendless.com. And then we've got a voiceover guy that will tell you the rest. So from myself, Nick, Will, and Tui, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you again soon. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.